Hello listeners, today you're all my valentines and I'm here to show my love by sharing one of our previously Patreon exclusive podcasts with all you lovely people. The results of our latest survey show that many of our listeners really liked our Spider-Verse episode of At Movies Wit Wicks, where we really dive deep into the history of the characters that appeared in the film. We reported several other At Movies podcasts like that that were released as Patreon-exclusive episodes last year, and I thought that now that some time has passed, we could share them on our public feed as well. But what's the occasion? Well, today isn't just Valentine's Day, it also happens to be the one-year anniversary of Alita, Battle Angel's theatrical premiere. So we're celebrating by sharing the first half of our Act Movies episode on the film, in which Ricks and Ethan join us to go over the history of the film's production and some key differences and themes between the manga and the movie. If you like what you hear, you can listen to our full podcast at patreon.com slash mangamerics, where we have almost a dozen other bonus podcasts waiting for you at our $5 tier, including other Act Movies reviews of Captain Marvel and Dragon Ball Super Broly. As for Alita Battle Angel, it's a movie that happily rips out and shows you its heart with enthusiasm and glee, and we were flying so high after seeing the film that we could have gone all the way to Zolom. So enjoy this special Patreon peek at our at movies review of Alita Battle Angel. action gets movie exists someone managed to make a anime adaptation movie is pretty dang entertaining they did thank you so much james cameron it took you almost 30 years to do this that's longer than i've been alive you had to make avatar to do this you had to make avatar sequels to do this. You had to and bankrupt Marvel Studios to do you this. You had to prevent Kishiro and Kodansha from not being able to adapt the manga for like years on end. You had to give up on directing it yourself and have Robert Rodriguez do this. Which I actually think is kind of a strong suit of the movie, but hey. And this movie's release date had to be pushed back several times in order to release, but finally. It came out, after so long, the first good Hollywood live-action anime adaptation! Well, what about Speed? Yeah, I can't even finish that sentence. I like Speed Racer. Well, Speed Racer is pretty good, but I think we can only If you can survive. It's a good adaptation. I think I can survive. It's a good adaptation of the sequel, Speed Racer. If you can survive the seizures. Cartoony fun. Okay, it's a good adaptation of what a English dub of uh, the of the Speed Racer 1990s anime would have been like. Yes, but counterpoint, fuck you, epileptics. <laughs> counterpoint, I'm not epileptic, so... <laughs> counterpoint, a lot of my friends are epileptic. Wait, which ones? I thought I knew one. Oh, wait, wait, you're the ones. Some of my college buddies. 
Anyway. Honestly, this is not a movie that will give people seizures. Oh, thank Yeah, no, there. this this isn't no Incredibles 2. Just no. happy blueprint orgasms. Yeah, no bright, flashy lights. It's taking place in a pretty grim, dark city. Lots of blues, but no neon colors that are going about on the screen that will blind you. Not neon, but like very muted. Yeah. Neons, like for the door frames. It's, um, it's this dirty cyberpunk look. It's, oh, it's it's delicious. You gotta see it. The brightest thing is a schlubby guy's Hawaiian shirt. (laughs) (laughs) There was a lot of them in this movie, and I was very happy about it. Uh, Yeah, I really appreciated the look of the city in this film because it is so different from we we come to expect in sci-fi in your Blade Runners in your live action Ghost in the Shell where it's all this samey looking Japanese inspired setting this Neo Tokyo esque thing Neo Yoki <laughs> oh no hey hey you don't deserve the Stolbero Oh, I'll screw you. Anyway, this feels more like in a live action, uh, a live action take on if Akira Toriyama was actually allowed to do what he wanted to do. If you guys have ever read Jocko the Galactic Patrolman, the city feels a lot like what East City looks like in Jocko the Galactic Patrolman. There's people in, there's people of various, eth- of like every ethnicity you can think of in any ethnic dress you can think of from probably any time period you can think of. You got people, they got the schlubby guys walking around Hawaiian shirts. You got the, you got the women that look like they want to speak to your manager. You got your geishas. You got your, you got your Japanese rice paddy farmers. You got your, um, uh, um, Uncle Dick, Dick Man Baby. You got That's your a real best pod. dad German scientists, and every vehicle looks like it was something Toriyama scribbled in his notebook. Yeah, it's down to the whole, I like three wheels because they're cool, not because they're practical thing. Or one wheel. Yeah, just yeah. weird amounts of wheels. Yeah, it looked like Mr. Garrison's, uh, uh, the, 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 the fuck cycle. Oh, <laughs> it, god. oh my god. Oh, god. <laughs> it looked a bit like the fuck cycle. I wonder if they do insert it up the anus. Oh. oh. I Whoa, mean, that, question. No. The best Did Best Dad Edo, spoilers for the movie, so skip to, uh, time code if you don't want. Did Best Dad Edo know that they were a thing and give Hugo a giant robot dick? These are the questions. I did not see one on him, but maybe it just tucked No, 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 in, no. It's, it's a it little panel out. that, like, slides down. So, like, yeah. it's like a little, like, button that can just, like, pull yes. it out? Oh, wow. The button's on his happy trick. I mean, Alina's <laughs> thing does kind of have a thong. Or, yeah. like, whatever. It She 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 has, uh, like, her, her area, if you will. We're, we're all mature adults here. Um, are we? Her gosh. Or Gooch. Yeah. Or JJ. I mean, I mean... One, one of the jokes in the manga in one of the gag sections is, like, Edo making a proper, like, urinary Gooch. track and, like, everything for Alita. And then having her go to the bathroom, which he's, like, acting like she's, like, a baby. Like, how'd it go? How'd it go? Did it go well? That oh, sounds really funny, jump. but for what purpose did he do that? No, no real reason. It's just him being super obsessive about trying to make it as realistic as possible. I mean, she does wow. eat, and theoretically, robots would need to have a waste disposal system, so if he yeah. was obsessed, if he was as obsessed with creating a, um, a hum- as human of a robot as possible, especially since the first thing she does is eat a goddamn orange. Like, the most of yeah. that orange has to go somewhere. Why not? There is a lot of I liquid think, juice in the I orange. think 
you guys are overlooking something. The process is twofold. One, Kazito's just the, one of the nicest human beings to exist, fictionally or otherwise. Two, so he doesn't have to change her robo-disposal system. Yeah. Well, otherwise, point. Alita would have to wear diapers. Oh, no, I'm thinking like you slot it out like a canister. Yeah, that would be pretty gross if you had to, like, change a robot. What if stuff gum got stuck in her nooks and crannies that's inside That's what the power her? washer's for. I think that's <laughs> a part of the interesting part about, like, the designs in, uh, cyborg designs in Alita itself. A lot of the characters have, like, bodies that still very much work like a human. Like, they have heart-shaped life-like sources. They have organs. They have spines of vertebrae. But it's not real. It's all mechanical, and it's just functioning like it would an actual human being. There's a lot of thought put into it, which I really appreciate. You could tell that the original mangaka really was obsessed with creating something that had a believable construction to it, and a world that felt believable in how it operated. Yeah, well, one, one thing I definitely respect Yukito Kishiro a lot for doing is that he would diagram out how exactly these bodies would work, like, on, like, a piece-by-piece basis. And every new concept, he would introduce, like, a special power, like, a power source. He'd go into detail about where in actual life this is coming from. Where is he getting ins- this inspiration from actual scientific history, which and is really cool. you definitely see that replicated in the movie, where a lot of attention to detail is placed. Especially with Alita's robot body and how that works. Like, you see all the parts and how they all come together and how it moves and all the joints and all that. Like, it isn't elaborated on explicit detail, but you can see that there is thought put into the construction. They tell you about as much as they can without actually drawing up schematics. Yeah. One, one wonderful thing about this movie is that even though it is the most unsubtle, the most ham-fisted, it, the most Robert Rodriguez, <laughs> James Cameron thing you could ever think of, where it's hitting you over the head constantly with what's doing, the movie really respects the viewer's ability to see things and just understand or know things. It respects your intelligence and your observational skills. So instead of... For example, one of the things that like just like s- sealed the deal for the movie for me was in the opening scene, where um there's little tw- twitches under Alita's eyelids, and the doc German doctor man says, "Ah, I wonder what you're dreaming about." Instead of say a, a normal movie, especially an American movie, would say, "Ah, yes, I see the ra- um eye movement is normal. I see rapid eye movement." I wonder that what must indicate be. a spike in neural activity or some yeah. shit. Yeah, like no techno jargon in this thing. Like everything the characters say is all based on their or emotional frame of mind, like how they're feeling. There isn't any wasting our time with oh, or, here's this weird abstract sci-fi concept that we're saying to make us sound more important or more complex. We don't have any of that crap in this. It's all the dialogue, as cliche as a lot of it is, is based around expressing what the characters are feeling and communicating information that is actually important. And? And speaking of communicating information that's actually important, we didn't even mention the name of this movie we're talking about ten minutes in to this podcast. Gunma. Well, that's what it's you come to expect Gunma. from this show. 
Welcome to Mug America at Movies, the show where we talk smack about movies, or don't talk smack. A lot of times we have very nice things to say about movies. I don't movies, want to talk do. smack about this movie. I exactly. think it'll smack me back. Oh, <laughs> yeah. definitely. And, and oh, will no. break my entire face. As Lena oh, says in this movie, don't piss her off, she'll break off your arm. But yeah. We're not going to talk smack. We love this movie, as more people should have. Well, I think a lot of people did like it, but I've, unfortunately... I've been seeing it's getting pretty positive reviews. Especially in our circles, which are anime manga-ish. Yeah. Know. Like, it's not perfect. I I guess oh, having, yeah. recently, having recently read all of the original manga, I definitely see a number of issues with it, narratively, and, like, how it's depicting the world. But overall, as a standalone film, it's really great. That's true. And what it's takes from the manga, it feels like it's it's taking what the creators wanted to show you the most. Like like taking the big events and trying to communicate that to you. Yeah, yeah it, it definitely takes like what Rodriguez and Cameron really love from the manga and put him in the film. And not just the manga, but the OVA. There's a lot of elements from the OVA from the nineties that are I mean, put into this. On the way from the theater you Vix said to me Yep, they got like they were... Hello, Once I'm again. here. Love <laughs> <laughs> me. That's beautiful. I always we also got you. Ethan here. Hello. Back on the podcast after quite a long time. When was the last? Those fucks need to invite me back more. Really? Have you been invited for recording more? It's lonely in my basement. Have you the last film you recorded with us was either Ghost of the Show or SAO? That that was the last. No, film. I think it was Gits. It, Gits? Actually, no, it was no. either Gits or Samurai Jack. No, Samurai no, we, we Jack was the last. The, that was the last thing that Ethan has recorded with us. The last right. at movies episode uh, he recorded with us was Samurai Jack. That's right. Um, yeah, but no, uh, uh, Vix was saying to me, um, from what she felt, it was a lot of taking the big important parts, and from what I saw, from the little of the manga I did read, it was basically Rodriguez and um, Cameron. Cameron taking scissors to any part of the manga. It's like, oh, is that donkey bit? <laughs> Someone lose an arm? No. Get that weak shit out of here. They definitely <laughs> love the spectacle. Yeah. They definitely they, they, love the brutal violence. They definitely violence. focus on, like, the core plot points and then the action scenes. Yes. And even the small things, like a dog getting brutally murdered. They, 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 they went to a JoJo, and they brought the dog dude from Volume 5, who's an amazing character, but he has no real purpose in this film, and they just put him in there. What are you talking... <laughs> it was one of the, what is one of the best jokes of the movie, like... His... Okay, okay, it is, he, but so, he's just he wasn't a dog lover, and so I hate if that. if you don't care so about great. spoilers, the, the man we're referring to, jokes with him. there's sort of a pan, they show him, it's like, oh, he's the hound man, generally they can't even get a body back, and then later it sits its dogs on this guy who oh, kills no, a no, dog. Oh, no, no, you forgot uh, the thing before that. Um, there is an establishing scene where all the dogs, except the the small biological dog, is one of their own, he's playing with the dog in the background. That's yeah. right, that's it right. Was, Oh my god, it was adorable. So he sinks his hounds on the guy who kills this little Pomeranian, just walks over to Alita's boyfriend. Man, wasn't a dog lover. <laughs> that shit ain't right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really glad he, they put him in the film because in, in the in the manga, his name is Murdoch, and like he's a, a really fascinating character, but I'm curious why they just put him in here for a random cameo no, when no. he doesn't show up for the rest of the film at all. Will he come back they in the manga? To. Huh? Does he come back in the manga? So in the manga, he doesn't show up until like volume five. Yeah, but I, his, I know you said His that, whole but... thing in the manga is that uh, basically after the whole stuff where Alita like cuts off Zapan's face, he falls in love with Murdoch's daughter, K. 
kills him, her by accident, and then Murdoch goes out for revenge with his robo-dogs. Okay. See, that sounds good, but I also like what they did. I'm yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm just confused why they put him in here. Because they like the character. Him. They wanted him in the film. That's why they had so many elements in this film and so many characters. That's why they had Sheeran in this film. Even yeah, he's not from the that's true. He's from the OB. They, they also have best best god tier character Jasugan for like five <laughs> seconds. Wait, uh, which one was that again? He is like the champion of the Motorball League. That oh. like you see like a. Oh, Hugo oh, show Alita. Five seconds yeah. of yeah. propulsion right wasn't right. Oh, yeah, what? he okay, he is an cool. amazing character. He's he's like basically one of the best characters in the entire manga. And I'm glad they at least showed him for five seconds because that's probably <laughs> the only the screen the time. Film. Yeah, and that's probably the only screen time he's ever going to get if they make a sequel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you can tell this is made by fans of this material because they're cramming in everything they love about the movie series into this movie. They're not holding anything back. Just everything they want, they put it in here. Oh, speaking of which, um, guess who the hell started this project? James Cameron. Del Toro. Oh, yeah, Del Toro <laughs> suggested it to yeah. Cameron. My boy! And then Cameron Once went again, to... Del Toro. Yeah. Del, Del, it, was De, it was Del Toro all along, behind the scenes. It was him! <laughs> hey, he Wait. helped get one anime adaptation made. Yeah. Live action yeah. anime. Yeah. And, and, and it didn't get taken away from the people who loved it this time, probably because he wasn't the one actually working on it. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait. Does that make this a really weird sequel to Pan's Library? Yes, lots. Yes. Oh okay, God. I'm just, I'm just so we're clearing our bases. But in what? What is the connection, thematically or in terms of comedy? Little girl kicks ass in a weird, nonsensical world. Alita isn't a little girl. She starts out pretty little. She is five. Uh, she is five she feet starts one out two feet tall, no legs. I mean, I think a lot of full-grown adults are only five no, feet. No, no. She starts out without any legs. That's pretty little. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, in any case, you can really tell Cameron had a passion for a leader, at least getting it adapted, when he went directly to Kishiro himself and got all the adaption rights. Not just film, all the adaption rights. For better. So Cameron, for, for a lot of worse, but in the long term, better, I guess. Cameron well, would TV be the rights. one they'd have to consult in order to greenlit an animated adaptation then. Hmm? Yeah. I feel like if we don't get more live action Alita, then they have to consult Cameron and maybe work out a deal to maybe make an animated. Yeah, like the thing. Alita. The thing with that is that in a recent interview, Kishiro mentioned that there have been multiple attempts to get like an anime off the ground, and the issue is those rights that they gave to Cameron. I, yeah, Cameron and, really wanted this movie to be made, and yeah, to... and I think like I think my theory here is that. Because he has those rights, probably something in the contract is tell, is like says that he can't sub cut out the anime rights or those specific adaption rights and give them back without the taking package. the yeah w without losing the entire package. Hey guys, remember right? Those IPs are made to protect the creators. Well, now that Cameron has made this, now that this is a thing, and now that he will not be able to make a direct sequel himself. For years, a decade at least, because he has to make nine <laughs> Avatar sequels. Yeah, uh, he probably should relinquish the rights, or at the very least, work together with Kishiro and a studio and 
Disney or and whoever to get some sort of continuation of Alita or some anime or animated project of it. Netflix greenlighted Alita anime, please. And Netflix is no, no Netflix way. is not getting no. anything nice. from Disney. Oh god, that's why. Well, okay, this is the thing. Marvel he, shows are canceled. Okay, no, this is the thing though. It's not Fox that has the Alita rights. It's Cameron directly. Okay. Kishiro gave it directly to Cameron, so Fox doesn't actually have the rights. And Disney. So Disney doesn't have the rights? Disney doesn't have the rights. It's all on Cameron. Alright, so if it's all on Cameron, then, yeah, team up with whoever you need to, Cameron, to get more Alita made. Don't Disney and Cameron okay, have, like, a very, uh, very good working relationship? Because, yeah, they do. I mean, and weren't they planning Disney's on doing something making with... the Avatar sequels. Yeah. So weren't they planning on doing something with the Avatar, like, universe at Disney Parks? Yeah. So, yeah. what, so does this mean that we might see some Alita Battle Angel walk around characters at Walt Disney World? Hmm? I wouldn't be surprised if they put that Alita experience thing that they have in New York and Los Angeles into the Disney the parks. Track, I'd be down for that. I want, like, I'm sure they could like repurpose that for the Disney parks. I, I just want to play motorball. Or like have something like Star Tours, like the the uh, the nineteen eight uh, the nineteen eighty Star Tours, but done with motorball. Yeah, like a a motorball show thing would be really cool. You know, if, if Universal Studios can have their Water World attraction, um, an attraction based off a notorious box office flop, surely the Disney parks can have a Iron City attraction, a motorball attraction no, no, for no. a movie that did. Okay. You're looking at it all wrong. It's it's how much the effects cost. So this is a shoe in. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, also, now that we're officially talking about motorball, one of my few gripes with this movie, there's a bit earlier where she's like, Oh, what is this motor ball? It looks fascinating and she's playing with the kids and this one like guy like wings her in the face. They say multiple times she has like an exoskeleton that's chunky and not light, how is that guy's arm still intact? That is an extremely good question. How yeah. any of them actually survived the motorball game? Like, like, um, because she later just uh, just whips his uh, his legs out from under him. I am extremely surprised. So I think that our... most of the people competing in motorball die. This is the thing, this is one thing that I found weird about the film. They make motorball seem like way more Fun of a sport than it actually is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a death game. So, like right? the whole yeah. the whole purpose of motorball is that, like in in the scrapyard, they, it's basically separated by east and west side. The east side has the Coliseum, which is that side's way of venting out all their violent frustrations. The west side has motorball, which is their way of venting out their violent frustrations. So, in that and society, most people, it's a gladiatorial arena. Yeah, most people who go into a motorball match will die. Yeah. Usually only one or two people actually come out. Yeah, Which that's what I figured. Just also makes it hilarious that that one guy's like, hey, hey, go kill this girl. Go play a sport. And they're just like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Mean, they're all on the same way. team there, so they're all supposed to be gang up on On the same team in the way that <laughs> fucking like, bounty hunters are, they, they pretty routinely step over each other. Yeah, but yeah. it's not like Vector was promising just one of them the reward. He said, But that's hey, kind of implied. <laughs> I mean, she only has one head. Yeah, but he's going to reward them all as a group. Well, no, but they were fighting over her. They were, like, 
Were they? Yeah, yeah. 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 they were no, fighting they were. each other. Very much so. But at, like towards the end, they were working together. They were working together at that point, but before that, they were most like, of them. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they realized. Hey, I think she was just playing them against each other. I don't think they were actively trying to <laughs> oh. kill each other. They were all trying to kill Alita, and then Alita made them get in each other's way. Which yeah. resulted in casualties. I guess. I guess uh, my another... understanding was that they were all in this kind of on the same side. Like their goal was just to kill Alita, but it didn't matter which one of them did it because they'd all get rewarded by things. Yeah, I guess another thing to note about this film, I think it didn't really do good, do a good job of why exactly the scrapyard has rules in the first place. It's yeah. not for the actual safety of the people. Oh, it's, yeah. it's literally just for the safety of the products. They don't give a shit about the people. Yeah. They really should have... Um, there was some talk about what the scrapyard produces and that it goes up to the city of... Um, Zalem. 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 Yeah, Zalem. And is that is this some sort of corruption of the word Elysium? It's supposed Ram. to be Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem. Because it's, it's connected... So the... Zalem is connected to a spaceport called Jeru. So it's supposed to be um, Jerusalem. Yeah. But in the original oh. manga, it's supposed to be called Tiferes. Well, that's that's the English localization in the Viz release. Oh. In the Japanese release and in the recent Kodansha release, it's changed to Zalem. So it is Zalem originally. Why did Viz, in their original translation, change the name? Probably because, because of your Middle father Eastern. was a brilliant scientist. <laughs> Probably well, also because of the Middle Eastern connotations. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can't, yeah. we can't I mean, have those Judaism. That's <laughs> the reason this movie is called Alita Battle Angel and not Galley. The whole Alita Battle Angel thing is the product of just one guy working at Viz who's like, you know, no one's going to get Galley. Let's change her name and make the title more snappy. Yeah. Battle Angel Alita. And that's the one thing that's never been changed in New Localization. I forget it's who so came up with it. Where it wasn't we're... Jason Thompson, it wasn't Rachel Torr, so... but I remember Jason Thompson mentioned... What's her name in the original Jason? Galley. Galley. Oh, okay. Gal. Okay. Why? Because, like, it's supposed to be yeah. the name of, uh... Galley. It's the name of, uh, Ito's old cat. Fred Burke is the one who came up with the name of Alita. Hey, Fred Burke. If, if you listen to and, this, uh, a bunch Toshi of nerds on the internet are mad at you. And we're coming for you. And Gun Dream <laughs> is so much cooler than the name Alita. Yeah, I mean, well, one thing I will I will say one thing about the new translations. Stephen Paul does a very good job of making fun of the fact that they have to change the name because later <laughs> on they have like there's this whole dream thing where basically Alita's quote unquote reborn and they actually do name her Galley, <laughs> and then the cat is named Alita. <laughs> so they like fix their mistake later on. Yeah, but of course yeah. it doesn't stick because like it's all a dream sequence. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Th- I, I'm I'm reading. Yep, that's on that is on Wikipedia. It's beautiful. Ida took the uh, took the original Alita in shortly after he ran the scrapyard. At least five years before he found the cyborg Alita in the junkyard. Hey, yeah. this is this is like Animal Man. They also they one thing also about this one too is they also. Definitely make Ido seem like way less messed up of a person. Ah, they still kind of make him seem like an extremely messed up person. Who, yeah, and, and, but like he they is give him Alita is kind of a surrogate they, daughter. They give him a better reason for being a uh, for being a hunter mercenary than in the manga, where it's literally that he enjoys killing. 
Yeah. Oh, he definitely enjoys killing at this point. Yeah, but it's literally, that's his only justification in the manga. It's him enjoying killing. He doesn't have, like, a sympathetic reason for why yeah. he started. It's, it's literally just his venting mechanism, and he's afraid of Alita finding out about that. He couldn't originally get his license because he felt no sympathy for cyborgs. Until one fucking crawled up on his doorstep, had its brain harvested, and he almost killed it. I really love that story arc, by the way. That was really good. This is a this is a fucked up manga. It, it is, is a very but it's also manga. adorable. Like this. Also, like... that thing where she's looking in the mirror and she does the thing with her cheeks—that is a panel from the manga. And yeah, it made, me, that it made me happy. There are a lot of really great panel by panel shots yes. in here. Like yeah. the whole whole time that they're in that like underground tunnel thing with uh, I don't remember the actual guy named Mishka. Yeah, yeah. I, they should have just called him Mackin. Mackin's a better name. Fingers. Why they changed his name? Like so, that name is what they call him the OVA. Oh, uh, but in the manga he's just Mackin. Why did the OVA change name? I don't know. It's it sounds German. <laughs> okay, Gerwish, Gerwishka. What does that even mean? It's just oh, some no. weird name. What even? It means I hate dogs because I'm a big jerk. Face. The thing is that like, he's literally Mackin. This that part of the film is like the part that they like adapt the most accurately to. So it's weird that they bother changing his name. Hey, you know what? Again, I I'm think happy. that <laughs> this is literally the only thing I was asking for going into the movie, and they gave it to me. Yeah. So I'm happy. Yeah, I'm surprised at how much of that they actually adapted, because I assumed that this was mainly going to focus on the stuff with, like, Hugo, and, like, him trying to escape the Zalem. But they managed to really incorporate the first arc really well into this. Also, mm. Hugo himself Started out kind of weak. Thought I was going to end up hating him because he looks like a Disney Channel reject. Oh, God, he really does. <laughs> he, he, he looks hot. And no, well, of course sure he looks like hot. He That's hot. why he yeah, was exactly. very hot. Oh, yeah. Also, yeah. actually, one of the scenes that made me laugh the hardest, he's he's in bed, passed out from some night. And it pans over, and Alita's just perched on the window, like a fucking cat, looking at him. It is adorable and creepy at all the same time. Alita in this movie is just an absolute joy, because, like, throughout the entire thing... So, at first I thought that the actress wasn't the best. I was like, oh, she's giving a wooden performance. But then I noticed she started... That Alita's performance is she switches from wooden to uh, to intense to normal. And she's got these three different modes, and she's trying to learn how to modulate between all of them because she's learning how to be a goddamn human. Yeah. And it's adorable, and it works perfectly thematically. Like, it, yeah. um, at one point, she just pulls out her heart and is like, "Hey, I will. I am willing to do it. I do anything. I do it is all or nothing with me. you, Hugo. Oh, like, I'll give you my heart. You can sell it for millions, and then we can go to Zulm together. And on this time replacement, and then." Oh, Oh my god, she's so... Yeah. And then she's like, oh, that was a little weird, wasn't it? I'm sorry. <laughs> Actually, one of the ways that Hugo kind of redeems himself is showing, yeah, guy's done some awful things for awful reasons, but at the end of the day, he has a conscience. Yeah. And, yeah. and he can put up with the antics of this horrifying, yet very adorable robot that seems to really like him. Counterpoint. Yeah. Cyborg uh, PMS. Put that like, out there. Wait, why would she need to menstruate? Okay, because think about it. 
Okay. Not all of them are full body cyborgs. Yeah. yeah. So oh. they still have like sixty percent of the body intact, and it's just super weapon arms and legs. But I think Alita. Is... Alita. No, no, I know. I'm not saying for her specifically. I'm just saying the possibility exists in this world. It no, does. I mean, yeah. Maybe Sheeran would suffer from that. I don't that. even know who that is, but I am terrified and aroused. Sheeran was Ido's ex-wife. She was working with Vector. She got turned into Amigo. Oh, yeah. that. But wasn't she all human? Yeah. No, I think she was outside Cyberpunk. I'm pretty sure she was just regular Zolomite. Yeah, really? yeah, yeah. Okay. She was just a regular Zolomite. That's why they harvest. That, that's why they're able to harvest most of her body and turn her into a Mego looking motherfucker. Oh, it's also, pretty crazy. Like that little thing that she's talking to at the desk, and it has like the face. Yeah, that is a person. They yeah. very much go into the manga about how people get their brains and faces transplanted into those things. Serve Zolomite just... by becoming a mindless drone. She yeah. just murdered wow. basically their secretary. Yeah, it's, it's really spoilers, man. This is. I mean, it, it really does give me some. Yes, like... but at least from what I've seen, most of them deserve it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, going back to the whole stuff with like Hugo, I did have like a few problems with how much they played up the romantic aspect between oh, like yeah. her and Alita. At the same time, I understand why they did because they wanted that him dying to be like the climactic aspect. I, I think really... it worked. Yeah, I, I don't honestly know. did find it cute. I thought like the scene on the bridge where it's like raining and like there she's has been put in the new Martian body and she, like she's saying now I'm super sensitive and I can feel things even better. And, I was nudging Vic so hard and giving the eyebrows <laughs> of that shit. Yeah. Also, I like that scene too, but it just makes me fucking wonder: Do they like specifically ge- genetically? Or not, but like, do they build cyborg mouths to have you know the similar texture and taste to human mouths? Is that probably? Can I'm sure it's... robots snog? I must. I, know. I think they can, yeah. considering later in the manga they show like an after scene of like uh, does she even have saliva? I, I don't she know. She probably would have to in order to taste the orange and to or to be able to eat it at all. No, because so. otherwise the orange would be properly lubricated. <laughs> Bring me or broken down. But yeah, as I was saying, like earlier, like later in the moment, they have a scene where you see Zapan like after, like quote unquote sex. So I assume like they keep like somewhat human like body parts. Yeah, like the the okay. part. I can. Here's a question though. Rumpy old man cyborg has the. Kettle top to his head. I, I cannot remember that character's name at the time. The one with the dogs? Uh, no, no, no. Uh, in the manga, works with Ido a lot. Oh, uh, Gonzu. He got replaced by the black woman. Thing. Yeah, but the black thing. Yes, yeah, so anything. that's a problem. Yeah, well, she's one of my favorite characters. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't do anything in this. No, she really doesn't. Does. There's no problem like with her. Efficient. She just doesn't do anything. She just, yeah, I don't they, even think she has a could line. Have, they could have just they, replaced her. She has, lines, she has but... like one or two. I was looking for. Okay, her. but it's all like technical. She uh, she's like, away uh, now. Shit. They literally could have just like replaced her with the actual Gonzu and it would have not changed anything. Yeah. And at least then we would have had Gonzu, so it would have been a better move. Yeah, I mean we head. had we had freaking like uh five seconds of every other notable character. She's so Nurse Gerhad. Oh, she has a she has a name? <sighs> oh, of course oh, she has a name. Yeah. Oh, this is the thing, like they all those like uh those uh hunter warriors that they show in the bar, 
Most of them are actually important, but like they they just like name them off and then they aren't relevant for the rest of the movie. Fan it's service. like the other funny thing: the person who actually is responsible for killing a uh, uh, Jugo or Hugo. He's in that bar, but he, he doesn't do anything. What? Who is it? It's the Clive guy who, like, gets the 200 kills line. Oh. That's the guy who actually... The Navy SEAL! <laughs> yeah. That's the guy who actually forces Alita to cut off Hugo's head and put her, put him on life support to her heart. Well, I understand why they changed it to Sapan only to keep, like... There's so many characters in this movie, but yeah. really the central oh, yeah. cast is small. Like, like boarding characters, you can boil it down. Like, it makes more handful. sense in the manga because, like, the whole thing with that too is that he killed his brother, uh, who was trying to, like, fly up to Salem. Mm. Oh. But yeah. since they had to cut out a lot of story, like, it makes sense to just switch that to Zapan. Yeah. Yeah. Thematically, this makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Zapan would act, because Zapan would actually have some beef with Hugo in this movie. Yeah, and so Zapan is trying to get at Hugo. Like, Zapan still blackmails Hugo in the manga. Mm. So, like, yeah. It was a good choice to use Zapan, because Zapan does become a very big deal. Yeah, he is a major character in the story, right? Yeah, he he basically, before the big, like, ten-year time skip in the manga, he is the final villain. Also, is that what we saw, like, the end of, at the end of the movie... Is that supposed to be the time skip? No, that's the that's the time that's the time skip well, to the motorball arc, which is only a few it, months. But, uh, okay. So, like, there's three major time skips. There's a several month oh. time skip, a two year time skip, and then the ten year time skip. Oh no! Uh, so, uh, at the end of the film, what story material would you think they'd adapt if they were to make a sequel? Then, basically, hmm. whatever the fuck they want. Like, and this, this is this motorball. is the problem. This is the problem with it. I would love the motorball art because it is the definitive. Would, would the next film be Alita Battle Angel Wrath of Zapan? It probably will be this. because <laughs> because like Zapan does a lot of the stuff that pushes Alita's character forward. Zapan! <laughs> no, his metallic abs and his weird fucking Mayan calendar back muscles. And he's um and um when he gets a, and he gets a new face that he gets this beautiful long flowing hair. <laughs> no, 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 that actually it's sort of does happen. Oh my god! And then he rips it off when Wait, he gets no. PTSD. Hear me out on this. Please tell me it's still the mohawk. But it, like, it becomes bichy hair in the back. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it looks like. I'd have to look at it again. Okay. I think it is. Okay, if you put any kind of editing in this shit, put it in now and show that to the dear people. On an audio podcast? Yes! yes. I Make mean, it in a spectrogram! It, uh, posting it on YouTube? That is true, okay, in the YouTube. I'll platform. do it. In, a, in any it. case, as much as I'd love to see it, they aren't going to probably adapt the motorball arc. As I much would... as I'd love to see the amazingness that is Jasugan versus Alita, I mean, they're Mad... probably going to adapt the Zapan Revenge arc. Uh, but oh, Mad Max well, is popular, isn't it? Assuming I'd be that surprised if we yeah. Assu- yeah. Assuming. Because from how they structure it, like, for one thing, they have Nova up in Zalem. Which is kind of a weird choice, but they can make it work. Well, well, but on another from, I actually kind of liked that angle 
because it's one of the better executions of sort of a puppet master villain I've seen in yeah. a long ass time. Oh, definitely. And he was like he was actually legitimately intimidating. He's Fucking literally scary. He was literally looking down on them the whole time and that's Kill everyone yeah. you want. I will that's just good. keep paying more people off. I mean again, it's yeah. also a huge class thing that you're setting up in the movie. It, it definitely I is. You. Uh, I, like yeah, the, the I thing, never would have guessed. The thing is, is that a bit a big sickling point of Alita is that there is no real villain. Even Nova himself is a terrible human being, but he's not directly trying to be a bad person. And sure. every... I, I don't understand. Well, based on the it's, interpretation it's, it's of this complicated. film... Okay, this, this is the thing. The film it has a completely different interpretation yeah. of Nova. So in the manga, I'm sure that's it. With this film, though, I definitely got... They're, they're definitely like, going... This is a consumer corporate They're definitely culture. going for a more super uh, villain-esque all people, Nova. Like, literally all the people in the Iron City work for the factory. They are all factory workers. They're basically corporate slaves working for the upper class who lives in Sala. Like, it's yeah. a whole class thing. So the, having uh, Nova be in Zalem, like, he is... Basically symbolic of like here is the upper class is looking down on the lower class. Alita's looking up, he's saying, "I'm gonna get there. Yeah, I'm, we're not gonna be stuck like, here." Rodriguez is definitely you know, going for his own social revolution. Rodriguez is definitely going for his own interpretation of what I guess what he cared about from Alita, rather than what Kishiro really goes out for with what Alita eventually goes with. Because a big sure. thing in Alita is that I mean, Alita sub, doesn't yes. have. When a new, uh, when someone puts their own spin on something. Yeah, exactly. Rodriguez, uh, um, uh, Rodriguez probably, um, I, there was a very, very large focus on the fact that many of the inhabitants of the lower class have their organs and body and biological parts harvested and sent up to the, and sent up to the, uh, uh, to, Z- to Zalem. That was which, basically their soil and green is made of. Yeah. <laughs> which is, um, I, uh, from what I know about the organ donor business and um, and black market organ harvesting, that's probably something that's going to be more relevant to a person like Robert Rodriguez. It's something he would want to focus on. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. is very uh, down with Latin America, woohoo! Fascist yeah. capitalism, but, treating people like products as resources to be exploited and mined. And not as actual human beings. Which, which is, which is, which is, America. Which is perfectly exactly, good. Which is why the setting of the Iron City is so heavily inspired by Latin America. Like, even though it is multicultural and we have people of different ethnicities in it, like, it's incredibly inspired by Latin American cities and those kind of neighborhoods. So, you know. Which is, which is perfectly fine, but the same, very intentional. At the same time, I feel like it definitely strays a lot. From Kishiro's original vision, that is definitely, if I may. Yeah, but this is an adaptation. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's fine. It's not like Ghost, the Ghost of the Shell live action film, where Ghost of the Shell, where is it's a it's a franchise. (laughs) Ghost of the Shell as a franchise is something where I am very much more open to the fact of multiple interpretations because Masamune Shiro, Masamune Shiro wasn't. The one who defined Ghost of Shell. It was everyone around him who did. Yeah, I mean, yeah. While with Alita, it's Kishiro himself who defines what Alita is. Although to be fair, Ghost in the Shell has one, like, like has 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 pretty much one unifying, overarching concept, and the movie managed to not 
touch and to, and to even to defy. Do it was pretty much the antithesis of Ghost in Shell's message. <laughs> yeah, like, how the fuck do you manage to do that? Oh, completely misunderstanding no. what no, the story is yeah, all okay. About. It's all okay. Because she has an Asian brain. Like, okay. Going, going back to Alita, though, as Make much as I feel... Covering herself in her blanket. <laughs> oh my god. I have it in my brain anymore. Uh, and anyways, going back to Alita, as much as I feel Rodriguez didn't go far enough in going in-depth on Alita's character, he at least clearly understood Alita's character. Yeah. Which is something the Ghost in the Shell film did not understand about Motoko. And yeah, I'm I mean, gonna say that was not Motoko Kusanagi. If they're yeah. gonna throw in what they clearly wanted to put in, and uh, from the source material, I think they went into her character as much as they possibly could have in a movie format. Yeah, without yeah. getting into completely different things like With Alita Uncertain going means. psycho psychopathic and having to relearn what it means to be human. Yeah, I think that was her and her arc. This her arc in this movie, like she is like. Under, trying to come to terms with who she is, and part yeah. of it is like thinking about is she human? Like, and also, I mean, she doesn't struggle too much with it, but she is really obsessed with the idea of like figuring out what she is, who she is, and then when she does, she really does embrace that. But yeah, which which is, is which is kind of the sickling point there. It's because she never really understands who she is yeah. in the manga, and that's part of the point is that. She doesn't have a goal, and she doesn't have her own identity, and it's her trying to find a purpose despite that. Identity yeah. is what you make of Once it. she fi- finds out that she is an urn weapon, like, she's yeah. totally on board with that. And which like, which is also becoming a fighter of a warrior. Like, she becomes for... very Goku-esque, where she's like, yeah, I'm gonna fight him. <laughs> which, yeah. which is the yeah, part I that I, I dislike the most, because that just feels very un-Alita. Also oh, and mix. especially since during the movie, uh, at multiple points, she um she draws attention to the fact that she is just an ordinary girl or a plain unordinary hey. person, which seems like they were trying to go for the idea of this is just an every person, nothing special, or this person doesn't know their own identity yet, and is just like hey, at least oh, they didn't well start she calls herself an insignificant yeah, yeah, girl yeah. because she was cast from Zalem. she was thrown into the junkyard like she was. Basically discarded as trash. So to Zalem, to this upper class elite, she is trash. She is insignificant. But then she is showing through this movie through fighting back against the tools of this, you know, corporate fascist capitalist system. That she has value as a person in spite of what they have labeled her as. Yeah. And she's more than just parts for them to exploit and mine for their benefit. She is a significant person. She is a person. Yeah, what, which I feel is like the sickening point there is like, this film is definitely defining Alita as who she is and she's trying to embrace that. Yeah. Where the manga is about her trying to understand herself despite not knowing who she is and despite not being able to define herself. Yeah, there's also, no accidental parts. This isn't me bitching. Oh, my, it better because that's too easy. No, it's just it's a little bit of weird sci-fi horror weirdness that I prefer. Ito finds that body. She she doesn't get it from a ship. Yeah, finds it in some tunnel. All the organic bits have rotted away, and it's still breathing. Yeah, 
Like the thing, Ooh, the thing with the armor, the armor, the armor is actually alive. It is a living thing. Oh, I like that. It's fucked up. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's <laughs> that's the best of Jaime Reyes kill a kill shit. I love that. It's pretty good. It's pretty damn good. <laughs> like I feel, I feel though, like the way that they do set up her getting the berserker armor at least works. Oh, it definitely works in the movie. I'm just saying, hey. This is why you should read the manga, kids. The, the manga is definitely an entirely different beast. And, oh, yeah. Like, there was no way they were going to be able to cram nine volumes worth of masterpiece-level material <laughs> into, into this, but uh, they, they did the best they could. Wow, masterpiece. You read this manga basically in the last couple of days. It is just so good. I think it's pretty yeah, good. I need to get on it then. Yes. Well, this this movie yeah. really made me want to get in on this. This is the... I'm... Also. I am a huge sucker for cyberpunk shit, and as a person who just read through a lot of Carol Danvers' war, uh, stuff, I am a huge, huge sucker for a, for one's own struggle with identity, as the kind that comes with the territory of being me and my oh, I am, alright? So, I read through Carol's shit, in the mood for some more, get some gun move. Hey, yeah. what about robot titties? I am absolutely on board with robot titties. Shell chest molded, whatever. They're, they're robot titties. I know, robot they titties. They look like robot titties. It's how she views herself. Yeah, they're so shaped okay. like a tit. I mean, there's no functional purpose for her to have Well, I'm body. also getting like they don't have the, the functionality, if you will. Yeah. It, it's they're just, it's just the rule of cool, guys. Really, it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, can't, you, can't, you can't have girls kicking ass if they don't have tits. Oh, wait, what the fuck is the... Uh, what, what, what the what the fuck is Land of the Lustrous? You know, I don't think that this movie sexualized the lead up. Oh, it really did, which I love. It, like, it would be yeah. disturbing if they did. They, like, the, they, especially like, since they depict her as kind of a child early on. It didn't sexualize yeah. her, but it showed her having... Um, I guess a sexual identity would be the best way to put that. She, uh, I mean, they attraction. so naive and innocent. I don't think it even extends to that level. Okay, the scene she, where she's perching on the windowsill. What that's about the? Not, that's I not. I think that's just huge, <laughs> wide-eyed adoration. I think that might be are more kinky. Sh- are you sure about that? Ethan, do you uh, do you have a do you have a window kink? I got a window pane. I mean, yes, I, I love myself some everything. <laughs> I, I, I love myself a good window. Gotta say, uh, <laughs> like Alita is definitely depicted as like, I guess somewhat sexual. A in, girl. Yeah, as like, or not even a teenage girl, just like a woman. Yeah, she's depicted as a young adult. They're, they yeah. make a big point out of saying you're a lot older than I thought you were. Staring at yeah. the boob because <laughs> it's yeah. like staring up at the fucking micro reconstruction boobs. Don't yeah, yeah. To, to preface that, um, Alita has her own uh, has an identity that she has inside of her own head. Yeah. And when she gets uh when she gets the Martian armory thing, it recon- she reconstructs herself into what she is inside of her head. And what she is inside of her head is probably a 20-something that's older than me, as opposed yeah. to a teenager. Yeah. Like, there's a great montage of, like, Alita aging up in the manga, where it shows her from when Ido initially made her, to her at the end. And you can tell, like, even though there are minor differences, she clearly looks more mature. And yeah. I feel this movie did the same thing with modifying her with the Berserker armor. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot less subtle with it. Also. Yeah. The elephant in the room that I only just realized is here. The eyes. I didn't mind those anywhere near as They're much as I thought as I would. But at the same time, I kind of have the question. I mean, yeah, that's what she looked like in the manga, but everyone had these weird, like, I, you know, 
looked a bit Mega Man, uh, Astro Boy. I feel like most of the female characters had Alita's eyes in the manga. That's my point. Everyone looks like that. I thought it was a great nod to have um, pretty much anybody that was a Martian in this movie to have those eyes. Yeah. It made it made it seem like Uh, it was a Martian. I guess that that does work. Like Kishiro has kind of adopted that from I've seen Mars Chronicles, so I think it's probably like a more modern thing in like. Alita to do that. We're making the Martians distinctly different from yeah. everyone else. So are we, are we at part three stands or part four stands? Are part three stands, I guess? You disgust me. Well, I don't, I'm not sure what you're getting at. Uh, just the, a more modern take on a franchise. Is... I mean, it's the third part of Alita, so... The Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury, which you should all go read, by the way. Probably. <laughs> oh, no, seriously. The Martian Chronicles is one of the fucking greatest th- pieces of fiction ever. I mean, it's Bradbury, so I didn't explain it. No, no. And There's it's all, an ass ton of stuff I have to go read. And it's fan fiction based off of a princess of Mars. Oh, my. Oh, I'm down for that shit. Oh, yeah, you got Edgar Rice Burroughs' A Princess of Mars, you know, like the guy who wrote Tarzan of the Jungle. And then he wrote Tarzan on Mars. <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is kind of Tarzan on Mars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we should probably sign out of here, though. Sure. Ethan, where can the good people find you? You don't even do your Twitter. You, you don't have. You even have a Twitter. Oh, he does. I have a Twitter, and I never use it. Although, uh, I funny. No. You're on iPhone, that's all good. So. I mean, yeah, no, but I do actually have a project that I can uh, have a link to in a thing if you're in any way interested. Oh shit, now yeah. you're more interesting than me. Sorry. Damn it. But I mean, <laughs> it's not that good, it's just a, me and a bunch of college idiots playing uh, tabletop, so if that sounds interesting to you, check it out. Uh, if not, go more watch more by these fine people. Fine brothers, if you will. Fine bros, almost. Um, going we're gonna, to, we're, we're I prefer not to be associated with fine bros. We're going to sue you for reacting to this comment. Oh. <laughs> you reacted to a movie shoot. It's a normal yeah. suit. Fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, I can, there'll probably be a link in the description or whatever. Whatever YouTube decides they need to do next. Smoke signals. But check that out if you want to. Yeah, that sounds awesome. And Vix. At Vixie the Valiant at Twitter.com. If you don't know, if, 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 if you like comic books and that, that's like the only original content that I post, reactions to comic book pages. Right now I'm reading Captain Carrot and his amazing zoo crew in preparation for whatever the hell the Peter Porker movie's going to be. <laughs> because, dear lord, it's a lot better than I remember. Like, holy shit. It it's, it's, reads like something that w- could have been made today. But that's a story for another time. And where can the good people find you? Daddy. In the Monday Spice days. Daddy. Yeah, they, actually they can't usually because I've been... You know, no, no, yeah, you'll know you're in the right place. Because you'll smell the faint smell of Cheetos shame and Gitz volumes. I mean, like we have a, we have like one Gitz volume like over there. Okay, you'll also smell JoJo. What do you want from me? Uh, Fair point. You might also smell the Akira box with Sailor Moon box. Although JoJo's getting no, made popular these days. Let's see what we got here. Ah, uh, Lone Wolf and Cub. 
Slayer. Alright, alright, we're just showing Princess off what Manga Ball fish. used these fine gentlemen Sentai have. I think we officially Inuyasha. have to shine the sign off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, wait, the, Vior didn't Yeah, say. yeah, okay, the people can find me oh, on good. Twitter Sorry. at VLORGTC, and also you can find my reviews of Demon's Ark Matsu no Yaiba, Act Age, and Hinamano Sumo on all-comic.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about it. And as from you, you can find me at Lumnomiyasha on Twitter, Animation Revelation, wherever there's a Lumnomiyasha, that's where you can find me. You can also read my reviews of various anime, movies, and manga on all-comic.com. And as for the show, you can also find Manga Mavericks Among Reds at movies on all-comic.com, that's where we post the podcast first. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. And we'd really appreciate if you left us a rating or a review because it helps us find more listeners and be more visible. And that's really cool. We're also on YouTube. You can find us YouTube slash C slash Just search for our channel name in the search bar and you'll find it. And we post our podcast up on there. Excerpts and full reviews and all sorts of stuff. Sometimes even exclusive stuff. So you can definitely Listen to his stuff on there, and subscribe, and like, and watch our content on there. That also helps us uh, reach new listeners. You can also follow us on Twitter, at manga underscore mavericks, and on Tumblr at manga mavericks.tumblr.com, where we post updates and uh, links to all the new podcasts. We're also on Discord. You can join our Manga Mavericks Discord. The link is in the description. If you want to connect with us, you can email us on manga mavericks. Uh, our email is... Mongomaries at gmail.com and we like hearing feedback from you guys and questions, comments, criticisms, your thoughts on various manga movies we talk about. What are your thoughts on Alita? We like to hear them. So send us some emails. We like reading them out on the podcast. And if you want to help support the show, you can donate to our Kofi. Uh, you can donate to my Kofi, which is Kofi slash Mongomaries. And any tips you send our way definitely helps go pay for manga. And movie tickets and all that stuff. But, yeah, this was another episode of Manga Mavericks at Movies, talking about Battle Angel Lita and a whole bunch of other stuff, and we will see you in the next one. I'm and so sorry. I won't. And see. Watching it fall, the flick of